0: Resuming. Nerd. World. Order. Broadcasting.
1: Mega processors are gone. All systems are out. Dynotherms connected. Broadcast signal in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
0: <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order. This is the Nerd World Order Broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the... Booyah!
2: It's your boy, Joe. What's good?
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Nerd World Order Broadcast, uh, the official Nerd World Order broadcast of the 25,000-strong Nerd World Order community. Joe, welcome back, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty excited. A lot has been going on, as you all know, in nerd media, in the nerd community, in America in general. And hello to all my international listeners, all of our international listeners. But we're Americans, and a lot's been going on in America, so we're glad to be back. Uh, Glad to see America reopening. A lot of exciting uh, movement in America. Let me tell you guys what I've been up to lately. So I've been collecting comic books. I work in basically Los Angeles. Uh, I was looking for a comic book shop to go to. So over the past few weeks, I've been going to like new comic book shops every week, trying to find one that's really cool. Last week, I went to a comic book shop called Atomic Basement. It's located in Long Beach, California. Shout out to Mike over at Atomic Basement. Really cool atmosphere there. I uh, just felt like, you know, when Joe and I were growing up, we would go to the House of Armand every week. Mm. And when you walk through the doors of the House of Armand, you had a bunch of nerds there who read the comic books, uh, but also wanted to talk to you about the comic books. And that's the vibe I got from Mike over at Atomic nice. uh, Basement out in Long Beach. It was pretty cool. And I've been jumping around from shop to shop over the past month trying to find a really cool shop that, you know, I can go to. Because as as a guy who collects comic books but works some long hours – it's difficult to buy comic books on Wednesday when they first came out. So mm-hmm. at lunchtime, I was trying to find a shop that I could go to, jump in, get my comic books, get back to work. And I think Atomic Basement is probably going to be that place. So I picked up your standard comic books. Uh, then I picked up some variants and i um, digging my variants to buy them online. Just got a really cool variant. It's a She-Hulk variant. It's got a pink cover. It's sick. Yeah, so uh, pretty excited about the variants. You get all all your variants online Get all my variants online Uh, There's Frankie's Comics I go through Frankie's Comics I go through uh, another company Called Comic Kingdom out of Canada And there's Another one I go to Basically they send me emails and they're like Check out these cool variants And I'm like that is pretty cool I look at variants as like pieces of art Mm -hmm. So it's not like you buy a piece of art Simply because you want it to go up in value You should look at that art and say wow I really like that, you know. I identify with it. it. It it's something that I'd want to put on my wall. That's mm-hmm. how I look at variants, you know. When I see a variant that I really like, I'm gonna get it. Maybe the standard cover price for the for the regular run for the trades is four dollars, five dollars, and maybe that variant's gonna be twenty, thirty dollars. But normally they're a lot more artistic, mm-hmm. whether it be, whether it be the virgin covers where there's no writing on them, uh, or you know, there's uh, specific artists like Momoko that. Uh, Does really, really nice artwork. That's what I look for uh, when I get those variant covers. So I see them online. They send me emails. I like them. I pick them up. So, what's been going on with you, my bro? Just been working, bro. Working
2: and watching a bunch of stuff on HBO Max, Amazon, Netflix. I mean, we're going to talk about some of the stuff. In our podcast today, that we've been watching, but I just been watching a lot of that stuff. I haven't bought a comic in a long time, dude, because it's like you start buying so many of them, and it's where am I going to put
0: them? That's true. That's true. I keep my comic books. They start off like they stack up in my yeah. guest room. At first, they stack up just in a pile, and I hope I don't ruin them mm-hmm. uh, in my guest room. And then I put them in a long box in the guest yeah. room. And then I have to lug them out to the garage. And then I'm like, okay, this isn't a heat-controlled environment. This isn't mm-hmm. like, dude, it gets hot in my garage, bro. Because Ontario so, is hot, bro. It's hot. I, I do. But I love <laughs> Ontario. I would – at this point, Ontario, it reminds me of Oceanside where we grew up. Yep. Yeah, it does. You know? it, does it does. It's hella and, far though. But it does. Yeah, definitely. Uh, bro, you need to be reading Aliens, the yeah. comic book. Yeah, Marvel's making it. They're already talking about, well, they're not talking about, they are going to turn um, the Aliens franchise, or doing a new one for the movies, and it's not going to have Ellen Ripley in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, bro, first issue of this comic book was really good. A good story, good art, and I could see how they could just take this story, modify it a little bit, and turn it into uh, the movie. So jump, jump on, bro. First movie. Mean- how many, how many issues are they into right now? They're only on the first issue. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know me, bro. I'm always hyping up Immortal yeah. Hulk. And yeah. But this comic book was as good as Immortal Hulk. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Uh, also, so let's see here. You've been watching a lot of movies. Right now, you and I, we've been talking about expanding the Nerd World Order broadcast into more of a network. One of the things I'm working on is a thing called I know what you uh, stream last summer, which is like, <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a separate podcast where yeah. you know we just talk about or whoever wants to jump on talks about what they're streaming right now,
2: right?
0: Because I listen to some podcasts that are like two hours, two and a half hours long. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get we're me and Joe are trying to get y'all in and out in under an hour or yeah. right around an hour, you know. Yeah and there's so much streaming content right now that it just deserves its own podcast. So yeah. I'm working on, I know what you stream last summer cause there is so much stuff right now, you know? And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's also out there as well. That's pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking to some brand ambassadors right now, uh-huh. which will be pretty cool. I was working on a design for one last night that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, nice. yeah. Brand ambassadors, You know, people who've supported the NWO, one of the things you and I talked about a little bit is diversity is really important in the nerd community. It's important in America, Mm -hmm. but it's really important in the nerd community because, you know, whether you be Black, Asian, LBGTQ, um, female, however you identify, for probably most of your life, if you were a comic book reader, all you saw were your leading characters be like Caucasian males. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the nerd community for a long time, we haven't really had the uh, the ability to say, I am, however you identify, Mm -hmm. as well as being a nerd. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're looking for brand ambassadors within the NWO that identify all sorts of diversity. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you're a nerd, but you're a nerd with either... Uh, explanation in front of that, or a comma behind it. Uh, you know, I don't like the term "blurred" uh, because I'm a black nerd, and I want someone to know that in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I'm I am a black man first. Um, I am a black man raising a black man as my son, whom I whom I adore, and I want the world to understand that I'm a black man, but I am also a nerd. Mm-hmm. And so, I, so I feel like our brand ambassadors are definitely going to reflect that. They're going to rep NWO, but they're also going to represent their individuality and their own personal identities, however you identify. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Uh, along with that, working on t-shirts, uh, they're actually available on the site, imnwo.com. You got your LBGTQ t-shirt, uh, Black Nerds. You got a japanese design. Uh, worked on an Islander shirt, which Joe saw yesterday. I got a few American shirts because being American, we should all be proud to be Americans in the sense that we do have a very great and strong uh history. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and of course I got some other shirts, the fusion shirt we rolled out last week and the noodle nerd shirt as well. I've been eating a lot of ramen, bro. I've been and ramen's good, dude. dude. Yeah. i don't know why it's like i've just been on this ramen kick so hey there's nothing wrong with that
2: dude ramen's good man
0: (laughs) yeah so that's pretty much what i've been up to just a lot of stuff bro i've been really busy Uh, i'm really fired up about life in general about the nwo about the podcast because i just feel like sky's the limit right now but by the way bro speaking of sky's the limit joe is just modest af when it comes to his successes Huge (laughs) shout out to to joe um And the team that he's been working with on his TikTok videos, on his Instagram, Joe has just been blowing up. And he's been grinding really hard. Huge hustle. You know, I'll I'll reach out to Joe sometime to see how he's doing. Talk to him. He's like, I'm filming some TikToks. Or I'm in the middle of filming some TikToks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, dude, you've been grinding really hard, bro. And I love it. And I I respect it. Because it's like you're just going all out, bro. So congrats to the success you've been getting on that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Let's talk about the Snyderverse, bro. Let's get into the Snyderverse. What did you think about the Snyderverse?
2: I thought it was good. You remember we had, on our last podcast, we were talking whether it could be really good or really bad. I like, he cleaned up a lot. Like, he made Batman, Batman again. You know, and then he gave more depth to uh, Cyborg, which is cool. Because it was almost like, the whole movie is almost like Cyborg's perspective. You know what I mean? And then what he, we did with the Flash, he—you could tell he fixed the run too. The run didn't look the same as before. You know what I mean? Like, so he obviously heard a lot of the comments that people were saying and, and you know implemented in there. It was nice not to see that little Superman mess up with the mustache thing. That was clean. You know what I yeah. mean? So uh, it was a long, long movie, but you know it, it, was, it was well worth it. You know what I mean? I thought it was a lot better than the original. I think. This is the one that we wanted
0: I'll be honest bro I know I am a hater for saying this <laughs> I kind of want D- DC to fail Most of the time yeah, Because I'm a Marvel fanboy Through and through mm-hmm. I grew up reading X-Men uh, Reading Marvel comic books So I kind of want DC to fail Because they. I just feel like there should just be One cinematic universe That we mm-hmm. all really like but I I can't hate on this Snyder cut. This Snyder cut was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I watched it one time, uh, probably over about four, maybe four and a half hours, because I was working. I was doing some, you know, some additional work after work, working on some projects, and uh, you know, so I'd watch it a little bit on TV, uh, do some other stuff, come back to it, uh, do some other stuff, come back to it, and I was like, wow, this is really good. I have yeah. no complaints, right? Mm-hmm. Um to your point, the characterizations were so much better. Mm-hmm. The action scenes were so much better. Um and the story
2: was really good. Yeah, right? Even Steppenwolf was like was was dope. He he went back and he made it made made a reason of what he was doing when he went to Earth, right? Where yes. before you were just like some random dudes trying
0: to get some cubes. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. And then Darkseid. Yes, it's dude. Th- now yeah. you're looking forward to seeing a sequel. Yeah. You, whereas before you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. but, like, let's see what else they can do. Now yeah. you're like, now you're like, dude, I want to see Darkseid come to Earth. I yeah. I want to see what's going on with that in Batman scene, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see how he teams up with the Joker. It looked like they were going down that injustice path. That's
2: what it looked like. Yeah. And,
0: and I was like, okay, I can get into this. So yeah. I, I went from being like, ha DC put out another crappy movie other than Shazam, which is the greatest superhero movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was really good too. But other than those two, I would haven't been impressed with a single thing. I like this movie. From beginning to end, I mm-hmm. watched it a second time with my wife because I was like, "Look here, okay, <laughs> you have to see the difference." And yeah. she was like, "Dang, this is good." And mm-hmm. the second time I watched it, which doesn't happen very often, yeah. I liked it. I liked it even more,
1: right?
0: And i I got more nuances mm-hmm. out of it because I wasn't distracted by stuff. Yeah. So this Snyder verse, the Snyder cut, mm-hmm. so good. By the way, it got four nerd flags, which mm-hmm. the only other. DC movie to ever get four nerd flags with Shazam, and uh, I'm biased. Yeah. Uh, Shazam. So, yeah, it was really good. Just awesome.
2: It, just that last scene with when they, when Wonder Woman cut off Steffen Wolf's head, yeah. flew through the portal, and he just stepped on it. Dude, I was like, dang. Uh, one of my homies at work was like, the only problem he had with it was Darkseed wasn't on his like space hovercraft because he doesn't walk, which is like, you know, but then again, Homeboy's like in his throne room bro he's not right or but the beginning scene when he was fighting you remember when they're fighting everybody and and he could have been on that too but i don't know
0: yeah i think every artist every movie is willing to take creative liberties and i and i feel like if they're moving towards a future fight scene also consider this bro if you remember the end credits of, I can't remember which Avengers movie it was. I want to say it was like maybe the first Avengers Mm -hmm. where, um, Thanos, he was on a throne for his, Mm -hmm. you know, his cameo at the end of that Mm -hmm. movie. Now, of course, dark side and Thanos, uh, Thanos is actually a dark side ripoff. Yeah. Like that's, that's comic book historical fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think those two were so similar that if they put dark side on that throne, you know, on his flying throne, people would have been like, Oh, that's just another Thanos.
2: True. That unless you were, unless you read the comic or watch the DC cartoons.
0: Absolutely. So I get it. Good point. Yeah. So that's actually really smart on Snyder's part to realize mm-hmm. like, Hey, these two are very similar. I have to separate them mm-hmm. because if you think about it, Thanos is going after these stones, uh, dark side is going after these cubes it's like okay there are parallels so let's make sure that those parallels aren't obvious in the movie
2: but then i think he's also i can't remember the name of it the apocalypse no like the
0: anti-life equation
2: there you go yeah so i mean that's another reason like he you know he used to go to earth Right.
0: Absolutely. So now, now he has a
2: reason to go there. Not only that, dude, he's an arrogant bastard, too. So he's probably looking at those folks like, I'll mess you up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nah. But even Superman was doping it, dude. Like, I, was like how- I know it's hard for you because he's freaking OP, but. No. No. Yeah. I'm like,
0: how do you fix Superman, Zack Snyder? You fix Superman in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because Superman is OP, which is why I don't like Superman. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, here comes Superman. What they did with Superman and the Whedon cut is Mm -hmm. why I don't like Superman. Because (laughs) there there was no reason for anyone else to be around Mm because he just came in and he's like, no, I'm going to wreck shop. Yeah. But in this movie. Yeah. Everyone was important. Yeah, it's dope, dude. Yeah. It was dope. yeah, so, it, it, dude, Cyborg was kind of the most important character. He was,
2: dude. It, it was, like, his perspective. And he
0: made him dope, too. Like, when he
2: sat down like this with his you know, like, one arm in front, one arm in back, it just took off. I was like, yeah. okay, go ahead, go ahead. Right. And his special effects wasn't cheesy like it was in the Whedon the cut, you know? Right, like, right. That, that's that's the true definition of, like... You, you break up with your girl and you find a better one. And that girl that, or guy, you're looking from the sidelines like, damn, he's doing better. I thought he wouldn't do better. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that has to be winning when he's watching it going, dang, he's making me look bad. Right. You know, he did, he did really well on Avengers. Yes, he did. So I was like, you have,
0: you would think like, well, he's going to have to do even better. Like you would think, right? You, you would think, but the interesting thing is we talked about this before, uh, you know, the actor who played Cyborg, whose name right now I don't remember, you know, he made complaints regarding the atmosphere yeah. that, that Whedon brought to the set. And uh, Gal Gadot, I think last week, just also came out and said like, yeah, things were pretty shady, you know, like that things weren't cool. And, um, you know, Jason Momoa he mm-hmm. basically came out and said, like, hey, my boy ain't wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So yeah. so Whedon, even though he has been a good director in the past, for this particular endeavor, mm-hmm. he just wasn't that guy. He didn't mesh with his team, you know? So if you don't mesh with your team when you're trying to create a product, no matter what that product is, you know – you and I are both in leadership positions within the business arena. If you're not meshing with your team, people don't want to do nothing for you, bro. It's and, true. and it shows in the end product, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we got. So, so let me ask you this, my bro. Are you ready for a Snyderverse verse trilogy?
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. If, if he goes the injustice route, that's going to be, you know what, what the whole thing, that's messed up about that whole thing is you're gonna have to get Ben Affleck to come back as Batman, right? For at least two more movies. And he looked he looked much happier like in the extra scenes that they did. You know what I mean? You could tell like he wasn't like, you know, like trying to get out of there, bro. You know what I mean? So if they the, the bad thing about that is you're gonna have to like somehow end the the trilogy of the third because you really ain't gonna beat. Superman with Doomsday, bro. Or not Doomsday, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Darkseid, right? Darkseid. i will be butchering that name. Uh, But anyways, you're you're not going to beat him, those two. So Flash has to go back in time to fix it. Just like he did in, you know, like we demonstrated in the beginning. Uh, But that should have been all done, which I think Slatter was trying to do before the Flash movie came out. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's like... How, what direction are you going to take? Yeah, that that the Justice part is pretty cool, but Flash is getting ready to come out. I think, what, 2022 or something like that? Right. So, and I'm sure he's going to go back. Flash. I'm pretty sure they're going to make it to where the new Batman, he goes back and changes it, and that's the new Batman.
0: I don't know, because here's the way I look at it. Right now, at and Warner Brothers, DC whoever's at the head of the ship is looking at this like, man, people are really digging this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We know that these corporate uh, leaders have made some very bad choices, but this is her chance to fix things, mm-hmm. which means they can put the brakes on flashpoint and bring in like, okay, let's have Zack Snyder iron all this out. Have mm-hmm. it make sense. That's what I'm open for, bro. Uh, yeah, you know, so but- Yeah,
2: but here's the thing too. Like, if gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Dude, I'm drawing a blank. For Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, James James Gunn. James Gunn. If that does very well, bro, he could be making some more different DC movies. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And here's the cool thing about that: the Batman in that universe Mm -hmm. is Ben Affleck.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So I think this gives them another opportunity to say, like, hey, this universe matches up with this universe. And I Mm -hmm. know I I know we we spoke a little bit and we're going to get into, um, you know, talk a little bit about the uh, the trailer for Suicide Squad. But the origin of um, of Idris Elba's character, he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like there's a cohesiveness mm-hmm. going with the Suicide Squad, and also the Snyderverse can play along right with that. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking there's a good opportunity for someone to step back and say, "We got a good director here. We got a good director here. Let's tie all this together and make it mm-hmm. good."
2: Because if Suicide Squad does very well, the sequel, you know, yeah. Warner Brother and AT&T to look at that and be like. We have something here. Now we can compete. Yeah, absolutely. Then it's like, you got to look at Marvel. They're going to be like, if that does very well, is Disney going to be like, all right, James Gunn, you're not making any more movies over there. You're only going to be doing movies for us. Yeah, that's another thing too, bro.
0: True, true. You know what? Let's uh, jump into, since we're talking about Suicide Squad a little bit, uh, that trailer that just came out. uh, I'll tell you, I really liked it.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought it was funny, but you could see that they were going to have some good action. Mm -hmm. And that's what you really need. Now, I I did kind of feel like I don't want this to be another Guardians of the Galaxies, you know, which it could be. It'll be similar. It'll be similar, I think. It will be, right? Uh, So I I just don't want it to feel like it's like Guardians of the Galaxy 5 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, Idris Albers Idris Albus character, uh, Bloodsport originally trivia fact, uh, as when we were talking, when they first started talking about this movie, he was supposed to replace Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to be Bloodsport. I'm sorry, Blood, Bloodshot. Um, but now he's Bloodsport. Uh, and the reason is because, right. They're like, I never heard of Bloodsport, me either. Which is perfect for Suicide (laughs) Squad. If you think about it, it's kind of cool because Suicide Squad is made up of like all the B-list villains that nobody Mm -hmm. cares if they die. So so Bloodsport being like the character nobody really knows about is perfect. All these characters are like Mm -hmm. that. But like I was saying, his whole thing was he was in prison because he tried to shoot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Um, And I just feel like, all these characters as B list characters that nobody really knows about, no one's really going to get that offended when James Gunn takes as much creative license as he wants to. Right. Because he had picked those characters too. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. And he's good at that. I mean, look what he do with the Guardians? He's good at, like, bro, I never collected no Guardian comic book, bro. Right?
0: I remember going into the Guardians of the Galaxy movie premiere and being like, I'm watching this because I'm a Marvel fanboy and. It's going to be part of the larger universe so mm-hmm. I just so I just have to watch it dude I walked out like my gosh that was so good <laughs> I want to watch it again right now yeah yeah so I think he's gonna do the, the same exact thing with yeah, um, of course with yeah uh, I mean so- it's just,
2: he's gonna use the same formula bro right you know and yeah everyone's chemistry in there also looks good you know what I mean you can't you can't fake that John Zena didn't bug me you know what I mean yep his part sounded kind of funny. Oh yeah
0: bro Um, You know him as Peacemaker Peacemaker is another one of those characters Where you're kind of like Peacemaker who? Like you never really heard of Peacemaker Mm -hmm. He's not like a a character that people really care about But at the same time He's going to do Whatever he wants to with him And people aren't going to be like Oh that's not the true to character Peacemaker
2: You (laughs) know Exactly dude
0: Exactly (laughs) People are going to be using
2: Google Peacemaker. <laughs> I think it's cool that they have uh, King Shark in there. That's dope. I like King Shark.
0: Yeah. yeah King Shark. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is King Shark. Yeah. And King Shark is one of those characters that has always been kind of cool, mm-hmm. but has also flown under the radar because mm-hmm. he's kind of like Groot. He doesn't have a, a wide vocabulary.
2: Yeah.
0: But he's just so brutal. Yeah. You know he's perfect for a rated R movie, mm-hmm. and that you know he'll just—he doesn't incapacitate his foes. He just eats them. Yeah, you know, and that's going to be perfect. James Gunn, what I love, well, like
2: about him, he's like Adam Sandler. He just brings in all his friends to do roles. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it and it's a formula that works. You know yeah. why? Why mess it up? Once you have your crew and your crew's in place. Why mess with it? And I think that's why when he was, I'll say, exiled from the MCU for a little bit, all of his peeps, you know, were like, yeah, I don't really want to do this movie. If James Gunn isn't going to be in charge, we're not going to be involved with that. You know, like if if our dude is not with us and we're, we're not with you, you know, right. So I think that dude that speaks volumes of his character, you know. So um, Viola Davis is coming back as Amanda Waller. Uh, Joel Kinnaman is coming back as Rick Flag, and of course uh, Margot Robbie is coming back as Harley Quinn, and then Jai Courtney is coming back as uh, Captain Boomerang. So it's a yeah, good, He looks like
2: he's going to be better. The Boomerang, like from the trailer, looks like they're actually going to do something with that guy.
0: Yeah. Instead of like you know
2: he wasn't he. Wasn't really a big deal in the first
0: one, you know? Yeah, he kind of sucked in the first one. Yeah. You know, if, if we're just going to call it like we see it. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he felt like he was kind of a Deadpool ripoff because he was carrying around that... Uh, Unicorn? That, yeah, for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hope to your point, he looks pretty cool now. Yeah, yeah.
2: He looks like he's, you know, he looks a lot better.
0: Yeah. So across the board, dude, this movie, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a movie that they say is never going to happen, which mm-hmm. are sequels to the Snyderverse. Yeah, but then at the same time, I'm looking forward to a DC sequel to a DC movie that I said stunk. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it got two nerd flags, possibly. Yeah, one... yeah,
2: I think it movie... might have been one and or maybe one and a half. I'm not sure.
0: Right, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Marvel, make sure you're on your A game because. Mm-hmm dc is bringing it definitely bringing it
2: yeah because you know they're going to be looking at the suicide squad right there and you know I, we talked about it last time do good idea for the streaming bro you can watch it at home or go to a movie theater i hope they still continue to do that
0: so i was listening to a different podcast i know there is no other podcast anyone probably wants to listen to besides the nerd world order broadcast but other podcasts do exist um and basically, what they were saying is they were talking to the president of HBO Max. After this year, they're going to move away from the streaming when movies come out, which, in my opinion, not a good idea.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: movie theaters are opening back up, so they figure, you know, we'll go back to the original model. No more streaming. I feel like Justice League, the Snyder Cut benefited so much from streaming at home mm-hmm. the, because it allowed people like me to digest it in small bits
1: yeah
0: whereas one of the complaints they frequently make about in-game is it was too long
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it, it's like you have to make decisions like okay three hours before i go into this movie i'm not going to drink anything because <laughs> i don't want to get up to pee right mm-hmm I think this movie benefited so much from streaming, and I think a lot of other movies, movies that people wouldn't even give a chance, mm-hmm. uh, their willingness to watch because they're on streaming services, specifically HBO Max. Mm-hmm. To your point, it's something that they should continue to do. Oh, yeah. Do you look at what
2: the what God's King uh, King Kong versus Godzilla did, bro?
0: Oh, heck yeah, bro. I wanted to watch Kong versus Godzilla in the theaters, but the way that theaters are... Configured now, uh, let's say they're at 20% capacity. So I couldn't find a movie theater that had seats.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and I know that my wife and son, even though my wife's been 100% vaccinated, she ain't taking no chances, right? She oh, yeah. Want, yeah, she ain't going to the movie theater. So I got to watch that movie with my family at home because of the whole HBO Max thing.
1: You mm-hmm. know,
0: it was awesome. Yeah, like like I, as I watched the movie, I, I hit up Joe. I can't remember, probably Facebook Messenger or something. And I was like, bro, this movie is making me like like get up in my seat and get excited, like mm-hmm. a movie hasn't done in a long time. Yeah, a, and being able to have that excitement at home, so awesome.
2: And know? that was right after the second the the, the second uh well, the, I don't know about, the sequel came out, the second one. Yes, Either you were you were disappointed in that one, and they came right back with this one. So
0: exactly. So
2: and you, yeah. you know what I like about HBO Max, too, bro? Is you pay one monthly fee, you watch all the new movies. Unlike Disney, you cheap asses that make you pay twenty nine point ninety nine to watch a brand new movie that comes out, even though people are paying for your stream. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, bro.
0: Exactly. I don't understand why Disney does that. I'm not a huge fan of HBO max because I feel like the only reason I continue to pay for them is because they have those really good movies. Like, Hey, there's this movie I, I would normally watch in the theater. So I'm watching it on HBO max. Uh, So I feel like, you know, um, that's the only reason I continue to pay for their services, but at the same time, they're not making me pay for additional content. Like, Oh, we made this movie. It's part of the it's it's part of the series, which we're making you pay for anyway, but we're gonna make you pay extra. Right. That makes no sense, you know. Plus like like you said, as soon as you're done watching, you're like,
2: well, I'll watch it tomorrow. The luxury of just watching it tomorrow.
0: Exactly. You know, and you get to think about it more, you get to dissect it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it's definitely a good service, I like it. Even if I'm paying whatever price I pay for a month, I don't know how much I pay for my HBO Max. Yeah. But, but even though I'm paying that one flat fee, mm-hmm. it's the cost of a movie ticket. Yeah, it's
2: dope.
0: Yeah, it's dope.
2: Well, you also, if you like, you watched it with Leanne and and, and your son. And uh, dude, you three, three three for the price of one. If you think yeah, about
0: it, absolutely, you make your money back with that one movie. You mentioned Godzilla versus Kong, bro. I love that movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I just thought it was so awesome. But you and I grew up watching Godzilla, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Channel
0: mm-hmm. Six XETV down in San Diego. Back when uh, they had the
2: flip, the flip.
0: <laughs> Yes, yes. We would watch Godzilla movies. Uh, they would come on in the afternoons. Uh, you know, basically, we grew up watching all the Godzilla movies. They would start off. They would do like marathons where all week. They would run Godzilla movies. The first yeah. ones would be in black and white. And then by the end of the week on Friday, you got to see the color version of Godzilla. Yeah. So I feel like Godzilla has so much history. You have to ask yourself, what's coming next, bro, for right. Godzilla? I have this 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 great theory. I can't even call it a crazy theory because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if you don't do this monster verse, then you're missing out. But... Mm-hmm. Um, let me throw my theory at you, uh, and then we can talk a little bit about what you think they're going to do next with Godzilla. So, who do you think Godzilla and Kong were fighting at the end of the movie? Now, spoiler alert: uh, you know Joe and I are talking openly, so if you haven't watched Godzilla vs. Kong, this is your chance to fast forward. Godzilla and Kong were fighting Mecha Godzilla, um, and then Mecha Godzilla comes online. Um and the person who was supposed to be controlling Mecha Godzilla just immediately gets fried, right? But mm-hmm. Mecha Godzilla is still fighting because of the telepathic bond that exists between the two skulls of King Ghidorah and Mecha Godzilla. So that part I was like, eh, far fetched, whatever. But then I started to think about it. In all of the old Godzilla movies, King Ghidorah was being controlled, well, let's say most of them. He was being controlled by someone else who was using him as an invading party. So could King Ghidorah be controlled by someone else that we haven't seen yet? Normally it's aliens because during the 70s and 80s, uh, aliens was the way it was going to go. So I asked myself, like, who else could be controlling uh, the, the, the consciousness of King Ghidorah in these movies? Uh, also known as Monster X. Some people say King Ghidra. I'm going to say King Ghidorah, because that's how I like Mm -hmm. saying it. I think it sounds cool. So, which gets me back to Hollow Earth, okay? When you go to Hollow Earth, there's an entire statue monument built Mm -hmm. for Kong, right? But they also recognize, within that monument, Godzilla, right? So what happened to the inhabitants of Hollow Earth. If there's someone in all the previous Godzilla movies that were controlling King Ghidorah, could it be the inhabitants of Hollow Earth that have been controlling him this whole time? And then to further this, if we said, which they did in the movie, that Skull Island had these constant storms around it that protected it from other people getting onto Skull Island who also. Controlled. This is a question, who also controlled the weather and had storms around him to be used as a weapon? King Ghidorah. Yeah. Which means if Skull Island, whose inhabitants were supposed to be uh, descendants of Hollow Earth, had control over the weather or who were protected by the weather, and King Ghidorah could also proverbially control the weather, is it possible that the inhabitants of Hollow Earth were controlling king Ghidorah absolutely yes Um, also based on the uh, hieroglyphs from the previous uh, Kong Skull Island we saw that there were scenes with Godzilla fighting Ghidorah right and we also know that the inhabitants of Hollow Earth knew that both Kong and also Godzilla existed so here's my thing Skull Island, all the inhabitants were pretty much destroyed by this massive storm that comes out of nowhere. If there's inhabitants still in Hollow Earth, would, would they then use those same storms to destroy the proverbial descendants or the good people who are protecting Kong, who would be the only uh, monster that could potentially beat Ghidorah? Because let's be honest, bro. And this is me going off on a tangent. Kong, or excuse me, Godzilla didn't beat Ghidorah by himself Mm -hmm. he had to get help from Mothra which Mm -hmm. means that and the thing about Kong versus Godzilla is Kong learns very quickly and he adapts right he looked at a weapon and said damn you know what I can use this Mm -hmm. to defeat your boy Godzilla okay Mm -hmm. so he evolves faster Mm -hmm. I think that Kong could have possibly beaten Ghidorah by himself. Therefore, the inhi- the inhabitants of Hollow Earth wanted to destroy him, but they couldn't because he was protected by that dome. Therefore, when I look at it overall, I say, because if you think about it, the uh, Godzilla, or excuse me, Kong occurred in like, I don't know, let's say the 60s or the 50s or something like that. But Ghidorah showed up in like, 19 or excuse me, 2019 2018, which means the inhabitants of, of Hollow Earth were trying to destroy the only monster that could destroy Ghidorah, but they couldn't do it because he was protected by that dome. Long story short, I think there's a good opportunity for in the next installment, the inhabitants of Hollow Earth, because that's where God, or excuse me, Kong now lives, could be going head to head versus Kong trying to destroy Kong because they were clearly trying to have Ghidorah destroy the earth.
2: That's a pretty good theory.
0: (laughs) Also consider this bro, right? (laughs) Yeah. What was Ghidorah trying to do, right? They said Ghidorah was trying to change the environment of the earth. Like basically he was going from place to place with place to place with the storms, trying to destroy the environment of the earth. Now, mm-hmm. based on the fact that you and I are old school Godzilla fans and we're like aliens, right? That's what we think at first. But right. why, not, why not step back and say, yo, what if it was the inhabitants of Hollow Earth mm-hmm. trying to change the environment of our Earth because they need their Hollow Earth to and our Earth to have a similar environment before they go back to the surface?
2: Yeah, but where are they now?
0: They're in Hollow Earth.
2: No, where are the people now?
0: The inhabitants of Hollow Earth? They're in Hollow Earth, bro. The Hollow Earth was freaking huge, bro. Well, they're there now.
2: I mean, Kong's there now with, you know. So I would like to see Hollow Earth before everybody else. Like maybe the inhabitants instead, like, you know, than the humans now.
0: And I hope they go that route where somewhere along the way, you know, because... When you think about the temple that Kong went into, someone had to make it, right? But mm-hmm. it was it was embedded in the earth. And the only way to get into that temple was for Kong to touch that symbol.
2: Yeah.
0: Somewhere along the way, we could say that the inhabitants of Hollow Earth can be living inside one of those mountains very similar to that temple. Mm-hmm. But through normal human means... They're not going to see that temple or that that inner structure because they wouldn't know it's there because the way it was set up, the only way to get into that structure was for Kong to touch it. But there were no Kongs left in Hollow Earth. They were all gone. They had all died. Mm -hmm. So it would be natural to assume that when they created those inner structures, they thought hey, the inhabitants of Earth, or topside Earth, our Earth, would have no way of seeing us inside these structures, because the Kong, who basically has the key, they're all dead. But now they're like, damn, Kong is back. So we Mm -hmm. gotta get rid of this Kong, because number one, he can destroy our monsters, but number two, he can reveal us to the people on regular Earth, because his hand is able to unlock those keys. Right. So yeah, bro, I, I know I went off on tangents. Um, <laughs> I might have to break that up or something because, dude, I probably talked for like 10 minutes straight. Uh, no, it's all good,
2: bro. It's all good.
0: Okay, cool, bro. I've done that
2: before. Like <laughs> 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 What you said, I like that. I like that theory. I, I, want, to, I want to see more of Hollow Earth, Hollow Earth man. Me That's too. what I want to see. I don't want to see Upper Earth. I'm tired of that. I want to see because I think it's cool like I would like to see battles in the jungle like old school Godzilla's, man. Not yeah. so much in the city all the time. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. see them like I don't care about them breaking through buildings. I want to see them walking through like forests and freaking trees and all kinds of stuff, man. Kong yeah. swinging from a
0: branch. You know what I mean? I think they can do that, bro. I mean, I. it's interesting because before this movie, I watched uh, Mechagodzilla versus Godzilla. Basically, it's the same movie. Exactly yeah. the same movie. The role of Kong is King Caesar. Like basically, Godzilla was fighting. He was getting beat up. Inhabitants of an island sang a little song, and then King Caesar came out of his little hole in the ground, and he helped uh, Godzilla beat Mechagodzilla. Same exact movie, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I feel like there's a lot of ways that they can go introducing additional characters, you know, additional monsters. Because I'm like, what monsters are left? So. I did, you know, I looked it over. I'd like to see them, even though King Caesar looks really goofy. Mm -hmm. I think that as a character, the fact that he's also a protector of Earth, in fact, he's like a real protector of Earth, whereas Godzilla's just kind of like chaotic neutral.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: he's like, it's not like I'm necessarily down with you, stupid humans, (laughs) but there's someone who pissed me off more than you. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much that, that that's exactly godzilla team but king caesar is like hey i'm here to protect
2: yeah
0: so i could see them coming out with him uh one character that i really like interesting thing about godzilla like i said before he usually needs help from another character in order to um you know win so like mm-hmm. uh Destroya, it was created as like basically when they killed godzilla in the very first Godzilla movie, the Destroya bomb that they used to do that in a roundabout way created Destroya. Now, check mm-hmm. this out, bro. I love this. And here's what I'd like to see for the next Godzilla movie. I think Hollow Earth should be Kong. Okay. But in Destroya, they killed Godzilla. The only way Godzilla was able to destroy Destroya was he had to go 100% nuclear. That brother blew up, okay? Yeah. (laughs) He basically held on to Destroya and blew up. He went completely nuclear. So I think it would be cool if they used Destroya, because Destroya, and I think this occurred in 1995, Destroya was the only character where basically Godzilla was like, hey, um, you know, I can't defeat you. I'm trying to fight you on my own. So he blew up in order to destroy him. So um, I think it would be cool for them to go that route. Where they mm-hmm. bring in a character so powerful that Godzilla has to die in order to save them, you know, or to save the Earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm. Other characters? We shall, we shall see, bro. Yeah.
2: Our, our theories usually never pan out.
0: I would say our theories are better. Yeah. But ain't nobody paying us to make movies. No, so. it'd be nice, though. Yeah, definitely. Uh let's see here. I talked about King Caesar. Uh Space Godzilla. I hope they don't bring in. Uh and then Godzuki, who apparently is also known as um Mithra. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't bring in Godz- Godzuki, bro. Uh baby Godzilla. Because we know in every show or every anything, anytime they bring in the baby version,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, you know it's you're done. Yeah, you're done. That's a But raptor. does
2: Godzilla lay eggs? Or, like, I always wonder, like, does he lay eggs? Like, how does he have
0: a son? Well, we n- remember the uh, Matthew Broderick version?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he laid eggs in that one.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And so then he popped out little uh, velociraptors, which were supposed to be baby Godzillas. I think that's why I don't remember that. I don't know if he lays eggs. Yeah. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if uh, he was there all the time and he just popped out out of the ground. I don't care. But I just hope they don't do it. So that's my Godzilla theory, bro. I loved Godzilla versus Kong. I can't wait for what they do with the next one. I don't like King Kong that much. I liked him in Kong Skull Island. I liked him in this movie. And I think now that he's on Hollow Earth, I think they can do something with this one.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. You think they're going to make a uh, King Kong sequel?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just hope they do that instead of making a Godzilla sequel first. Just because, to your point, I hope they, uh, you know, they explore Hollow Earth. It's so much more yeah. interesting than, to your point. Oh, we're like they destroyed Japan, then they destroyed Vegas, then they destroyed China. Okay, let's go to Hollow Earth and fight in the jungle.
2: Yeah, that'd be dope, dude. Yeah, my bro. And it was cool, like the sign language thing too, where he was just like coming out of noise, He was just, like,
0: "Yeah, I like, that's
2: that's dope, dude.
0: That is, dude. That that's uh, that's so cool because it shows Godzilla." is more of like a force of nature where like he's there to fight that's all he does right but kong learns Mm -hmm. you know he's a constantly evolving rival which Mm -hmm. is why i don't think he's better than godzilla but i think for the purposes of him moving franchises along i think he can do a better job
2: oh yeah dude i think he can figure out a way to be godzilla
0: oh yeah totally um and then another character would be jet jaguar uh, which was their ripoff of Ultraman. Uh, so, <laughs> I kind of <one>, remember that. <laughs> once, bro, oh, I know you remember Jet Jaguar. <laughs> Jet Jaguar basically he would pop up. He was like human size, and then he would uh, put up his hands, and he would get really big.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there was this this little boy who was in some tight ass shorts all the time, like it was supposed to be his like little school uniform. Yeah. he had on the little hat. And it was like he would just basically come out in the middle of nowhere. He was like the sci- he was the scientist who created Jet Jaguar's son. And anytime there was a problem, this kid would just basically call for Jet Jaguar and he would call him. And Jet Jaguar would go to that kid, and the kid would tell Jet Jaguar, like, Hey, there's a fight which you probably passed to get to me, and I need you to go help Godzilla. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Jet Jaguar would go fight with Godzilla to basically defeat whoever. So he fought with King Ghidorah and Gigan and Godzilla was once again getting his butt kicked and Jet Jaguar came in and helped him out. I hope they don't do that just because Jet Jaguar um, is kind of (laughs) goofy. Yeah. So since we're streaming, bro, let's talk WandaVision. What'd you think? I thought
2: it was good. I thought it was a good segue to uh, Dr. Strange's sequel. Oh, yeah. I I it was. It, it, it ended pretty good, dude. I, I thought it was dope. Me too. Started I, off really slow. Because I remember I told you, I think, after the first two, I'm like, bro. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and by the end, it, yeah. you know what really hooked us was, I'll speak for myself, even though I said us, was them bringing in Quicksilver. Oh yeah, X Men universe because Mm -hmm. that just brought up so many more questions, Mm -hmm. and it was like, here's one mystery, here's another mystery, here's another mystery, and it's like, okay, where are they going with this? And they did a good job of, you know, tying it all together at the end. Mm
2: -hmm. Didn't do anything we thought they were going to do though.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Still waiting for the House of M. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yep, and that's not. Was there a short version of it? Right. Right. Which I don't think they are because, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about a little bit was they're bringing in young Avengers, uh, which Mm -hmm. means that they still have to bring bring back uh, Speed and Wiccan, who are the two kids of of, uh, Wanda and Vision, uh, as well as in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They introduced Elijah Bradley, who's the son of the black Captain America. Uh, so they're definitely they have to come back to those two kids because they're slated to use some version mm-hmm. of speed and wiccan in the young avengers which will be coming out pretty shortly so yeah i'm pretty sure yeah yeah
2: they need to bring in a new breed and i think they're going to answer a lot of those questions in the dutch Strain
0: sequel oh yeah Dude, I think the Doctor Strange sequel is just going to blow everyone's mind mm-hmm. uh, where they go, because the MCU has been very grounded in like, hey, uh, you know, this is kind of there's a single reality. Even when they time traveled, there was like a single reality. Uh, but I feel like opening up this multiverse of madness, along with what they're going to be doing with uh, Spider-Man. Um, what is it? No Way Home? Mm hmm. It's gonna completely blow our minds. Yeah.
2: I think where do you think they're gonna introduce the mutants? Doctor Strange or Spider-Man? I would like to think they would do it in
0: Doctor Strange, but Me too. Me too. I think that it gives them the best opportunity because I feel like Wanda is going to do something that creates a reverse House of M mm-hmm. where she wants her husband back. She wants her kids back mm-hmm. and in order for that to happen. She has to create an alternate reality that makes mutants part of our reality. Yeah. So that's what I see happening.
2: It would be dope in Marvel fashion. If the beginning of Dr. Strange two
0: started off with Wanda, I would say the thing is now, I don't know how many people are following the television shows. Mm-hmm. I think previously everyone watched the movies just to stay caught up. I wonder how many people are going to be confused when they go into Multiverse of Madness because they haven't watched WandaVision. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe they can just. Yeah. yeah. They can Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah or yeah. Uh, YouTube it. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, bro. How are you feeling? Uh, we talked about it
2: before. I think you're not feeling it as much as me. I kind of like it. Um, I know you're right. It is everywhere. You know, it's not driven in one spot to everywhere. But what I like mo- the most that I'm taking away from it is the buildup for um, Falcon to use the shield. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the beginning, he's like, I don't, I'm not worthy kind of thing. And then you right. can see towards the end, like, he's going to have to be that guy. Yeah. Because you could tell, like, the way he was uh, reaching, I think it was worse than Carly. I think it was Carly. Yeah. Reaching the main villain, like, making her think about, like, the way he's... He always reminds me of how I'd be talking and I'll just question their methods. And then you you get the, and they're like, well, you tricked me. Well, that's what, that's what you're doing. You're just not seeing what you're doing. Right. Right. And I'm just uh, letting you explain it in a way where you'd be like, you're tricking me, but at the same time you're open, like making you think. And I think he's always like the, the, the captain America now is all about, you know, especially when he's taking the serum, he's all about like violence and just, let's just get it over where Sam is pure. Does answer no real quick to taking the serum. He said he wouldn't do it. He's strong and in his own right. Right. And mentally, he's going to be as strong as Captain America, Captain America because that's what that's what that's what America needs. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I, I I'm enjoying his his journey as well as Bucky because you know Bucky the whole time is like his whole argument is you have to take the shield, which I think is dope because you know we both know Bucky had had the shield at one point, mm. but. In this particular guy in this universe is like, bro, like you have to, because if you don't, that means whatever Steve believed in me is not true. That's powerful, bro. Like if I, if you told me that, bro, I'd be like, all right, I got to get the shield back. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah. But but Sam's like, oh, you know, like, you know, he's not. Well, I think it's because probably their relationship isn't as strong as we are. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. it's, you could tell it's getting there. Because oh, yeah. They, they both lost a best friend, right? Oh yeah. And Captain America was the glue for both of them. You know what I mean, to to put up with each other and stuff?
0: Yeah, totally. But I
2: do like the chemistry with Bucky and Sam more than Captain America with Falcon or Captain America with Bucky. Yeah. Just because like they respect each other but at the same time they're gonna hold each other accountable like bro, like you remember when he was like, bro you just got your ass kicked, he's all shut up. You know, (laughs) stuff like that dude, it's (laughs) dope dude. Yeah. Cause that's what you're thinking. You're like, damn, these guys are kicking Bucky's ass, and he's flying out of nowhere. <laughs> that girl kicked your ass, Oh huh? You know, it's, it's just stuff like that. It's funny, bro.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's totally funny because those two have good chemistry, right? And it's interesting because as much as you like Cap, there wasn't that degree of chemistry, like you mentioned, uh, because he was more of like a symbol. And right. he he always portrayed himself as a symbol, whereas mm-hmm. these guys are just real. Yeah, you know, they they got real problems. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bucky has PTSD. Yeah, and Sam is just trying to make some rent. You know, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah dude, he's tr- he's in debt, bro. Can't get a loan, bro. Yeah, and we can relate to that to both yeah. characters. You know what I mean?
0: Totally. So
2: so, and, and you get to know more Bucky. You yeah, know what I mean. All you know is the. You know, you know, from Captain America, he's kind of like conceited and high on himself. Yeah. And then you see him now. He's at his lowest point. Yeah. And he's looking he, because he doesn't have Captain America. He needs Sam to be that symbol. Right. So he can stay on the course and don't, yeah. and don't go back to the way it was, because I know that you could tell in the back of his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to go back to the way I was if I don't have something to fight for
0: not enjoying it as much as you are here's why i didn't realize until this episode that they had to completely rewrite parts of the script and reshoot because the original storyline had a worldwide pandemic virus that were Mm. that was basically you know creating like super soldiers so to speak or or mm-hmm. people with powers marvel was like "Ooh, this it's a little bit too close to home yeah so they had to go and rewrite it so mm-hmm. my complaint is it just jumps around like you're like yeah. oh we're here we're here this character's in this character's in this person has resources like sharon carter just has weird resources like <laughs> me maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe she is the power broker right yeah, yeah. because she has a satellite Why does she have a satellite? Yeah. Right? She, she's just everywhere. She has like this, this little crew that follows her around her. The writing for her just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why Um, would she
2: go? Why would she want to go back? If she has that much power.
0: Precisely. They introduce Isaiah Bradley as more, in my opinion of a plot device to explain away why everyone now has powers or we have the super soldier serum, he just comes in for one episode and mm-hmm. he's, he's like, oh, uh, I'm angry and they tested on me. Not exactly the way that the character is in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that they were willing to bring him up because Isaiah Bradley represents a piece of American history that America wants to forget, which mm-hmm. is. America did test on groups of African-American soldiers. That's the origin of Isaiah Bradley. That's not comic book. That's real history. And for Marvel to go there, mad respect. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they could have come up with a million and one ways to explain why they had the, why the, why the serum. But they went there. I like that. But to me, he was a plot device. Uh, there was one scene in, in his episode where the police just magically show up Mm-hmm. To, to give sam a hard time and my question was who in this minority community called the police on the brother for walking down the street
2: <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah yeah so so i'm like ah this doesn't make any sense other than marvel slash disney wanted mm-hmm. to show you like racism right but yeah. it came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. And that's my problem If you go back and you watch the entire series There's just these jumpy Choppy things that happen Mm -hmm. For absolutely no reason Other than to develop the plot Or make things move forward Like oh by the way I've been in jail this whole time And I'm Baron Zemo But I got a plane on standby Right? (laughs) Why? Yeah. Like they didn't know you were getting out of jail Why were they holding on to your plane? right Mm but like like that would be like if if you and me went away for a long time right it's Mm -hmm. not like they just keep your house like like oh i'm gonna keep your house ready or i'm gonna have your car just on standby in case Mm -hmm. you decide to come back unannounced no there'd be no reason for them to just have his plane on standby waiting for him Mm -hmm. the plot the storyline just moved along horribly and the only reason i'm interested in this show is the same reason that you're interested in the show is because i want sam to get that shield
2: yeah yeah i want to see him use it too it's gonna be dope yeah and with him and bucky when they fight each other the show's just gonna go back and forth they're both gonna use it you know what i mean just like bucky and captain did in uh civil war
0: yeah
2: i'm looking forward to that shit
0: yes because
2: that's gonna be dope dude uh, what do you think about zemo you like him no if I'm not mistaken, I want to say he was the the reason you know, the old man or old old man Hawkeye, I yeah. think it was, mm-hmm. where he helped kill off the Avengers. In, yes. that, in that universe, I want to say that's that guy.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't like him. I feel like he is just a character that's there once again to move the plot along. It's like it's like they pulled out a piece of paper mm-hmm. and they were like, "Let's see how we can move the plot along." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's a villain that we didn't use very well? Oh, Baron Zemo. Boom.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And that's that's all they did. So I'm not feeling Baron Zemo. Apparently, people love the fact that he was dancing in the club in some <laughs> yeah. episodes. Eh. I dance bad too. So <laughs> I don't I don't need to see Baron Zemo dancing. Yeah, he was like
2: different from the Silver War. You like totally different
0: character. If you think about it, bro, every character in this movie, maybe with the exception of Sam, is very different you just said bucky was super cocky in all the other movies and now he's just kind of like he's got this ptsd and he's like worn down and he's not confident then you have baron zemo he's completely different yeah. and then you have sharon carter who's completely different mm-hmm. it's it's like the person who wrote this show was just like man we just got to give sam this shield that's it <laughs> yeah Hey, I'm gonna keep watching it. I wake up at two forty five on Friday mornings mm-hmm. just so nobody spoils it for me.
2: <laughs> I just stay off social media, bro yeah, bro, like I'd be forgetting like I think I, I I saw when you posted in there spoiled di- spoiler discussion. I'm like, oh yeah, came out <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Let me watch it real quick. yeah, have you seen the the Loki trailer? I have. That looks good, dude.
0: It does look good. It looks
2: really good, dude.
0: It does look good, and I think it's also going to tie into the multiverse of madness because his thing is he's going to be jumping through time to mm-hmm. fix errors that occurred in time
2: from his his uh, multiverse. I don't know. We call them clones uh, different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: so basically, there's a group versions of him, right? Well, he's got to yeah. go fix every version of him. Exactly. Exactly. He's he's going to be part of the time authority. Mm-hmm. And the, the time authority, they're kind of like time cops. Their whole thing is like, hey, there's all these uh, messed up versions of reality, which means we're going to have to go back and fix them. Right. So there's that. Right. And then remember, previously, we had talked about Ant-Man and the main villain in that is going to be Kane the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Right. Also a time traveler. Which means instead of introducing uh, Kang in the Ant-Man movie, for all we know, big reveal at the end of Loki, Kang the Conqueror. Because his mm-hmm. whole thing, he fights multiple versions of himself too. Mm-hmm. I think that despite the fact I have been very disappointed in the poorly written Falcon and Winter Soldier. yeah, I'm thinking Marvel's about to give us some nice stuff over the next couple of years here. Yeah, I think so too what do you think about invincible invincible i didn't like the first two episodes Mm -hmm. because his dad is basically superman Mm -hmm. right we we know this his dad is basically superman now the good thing about him is you know it's like okay we know that his dad's bad which is a different Mm -hmm. take on things but i wasn't really feeling it now the fact that in this most recent episode, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. he got wrecked. He always gets wrecked, bro. Dude, I was like, okay. He's mm-hmm. not your it's not your typical superhero story. Mm. There's a lot going on. So, I like it. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah,
2: it's pretty good. I like I like I like when um he totally kicked everyone, you know, the the bootleg version of the Justice League, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Wikipedia, spoiler alert, bro. You know how he says he's from a planet? Yeah. Where they say people, you know, that's not where he's from, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, bro, you created a character. Like, this dude created a character that's Superman and Goku. Which is awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That People were like, what do you mean Goku? Because his civilizations are born to go conquer other,
0: other planets. Other planets, right it's goku yes absolutely you know the the interesting thing and let me let me jump on a robert kirkman train for a little bit you know robert kirkman who created uh, invincible he created outcast which was a short-lived show on i want to say showtime yeah yeah uh which i loved i thought it was an awesome show but didn't last very long and also he created walking dead he does a really good job of taking your standard ideas and just giving them enough of a difference where you stay interested. Yeah. You know, so I, I think Kirkman did a really good job. He's he's basically the executive producer on this, which is great mm-hmm. because it's going to be his vision from beginning to end. Right. But one really good thing, also having jammed on the Wikipedia like yourself, <laughs> this comic book came to an end yeah you know so it's like let's say they don't follow the story 100 Mm percent. i think it's really important like with game of thrones the reason that last season sucked based on what i've heard because i don't watch the show Mm -hmm. is because they didn't know what to do with the last season because the last books weren't written yet right uh walking dead some people feel declined because the books weren't finished When the seasons were going on, right? So they just kind of spun around a little bit. Mm -hmm. But with Invincible, he's done. He's been done for like two years, almost three years now. Uh, He wrapped up in February of 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we have a beginning, middle, and an end, Mm -hmm. which means we can have a good story. So I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I wasn't liking it at first, but uh, when I saw this last episode... Plus, I like the fact that his cast, you know, you have the Asian mother, um, Mm -hmm. his girlfriend is African-American or Mm -hmm. Latina. Uh, You know, he is, so to speak, I mean, technically he's like super alien slash Mm -hmm. Asian. But still, you know, it's one of those things where they're creating... A cast that's diverse, yeah. Uh, without necessarily trying to force feed it to you, mm-hmm. so I totally dig that.
2: And I like the way they get owned. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know what I mean? They they just be getting owned, bro. Yes. So and like they get owned, and you're like, dude, is this person gonna die? You know what I mean? Like, which ones are gonna die? Unless you Wikipedia or watch YouTube videos, <laughs> bro. Like that what is he like a lion, bro? Like, dude, that dude was tough, bro. And he was like, yeah, I'm done here. I say my thing. (laughs) I'm like, who's that dude? That guy was tough.
0: Yeah. It's like, where'd he come from? But then I was like, okay, so if I were, I believe it's Omega man. Yeah. And someone wrecked my son like that. I'd be like, these fools have to die. Yeah. So I'm like, what's up with Omega man? Number one, why didn't he know about it, or was he pretending to not know about it? Like, like when his wife told him, because I was like, "No, bro, that was you watching." Yeah, like you called everyone else, but didn't help. I was like, "Okay, what's really up with Omega Man? Like, Mm -hmm. he he seems like he is just super trash." If I have to be honest, like, like yeah, yeah, I want my son to learn, but (laughs) and I want my son to learn too, you know. Yeah, but not at the point where he almost dies,
2: bro i was like he's gonna jump in now uh, is he gonna jump in like you're like yo you just gonna watch and he just bro he just flew off too his son was laid out bro he just looked at it like this from the up in the sky and was like what's this hey that fool bust the this spongebob yeah i'm gonna head out <laughs> <laughs> i was like man dude I, I was like wow that made me like it more actually you know, I like stuff like that, dude. It's yeah. Like different. It's not what you expect.
0: Yeah. It's not typical. You and I, with at this point, like freaking 35 years of comic book reading, it's hard for us to see something different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in most cases, we read the source material mm-hmm. or the comic books, like they just follow this formula. So yeah. to see something that's a little bit different, it's like, okay, I like this. Yeah. yeah. This wraps it up for this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. Until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO.
2: We are NWO. Nerds redefine.
0: Booyah!